0: William Peacock III writes, What a splendid name, <laughs> by the way. That is a fantastic name. Hi, I'm Bill Peacock, and welcome to episode 45 of the Liberty Cafe. I am glad you're with me here today. I'm also really glad to be sponsored by Texas Scorecard, a great group of men and women who are fighting for liberty in Texas and across the nation. Today, I want to talk about the doctrine of lesser magistrates. But I want to put it in the context of the current political debate that we're having in our nation. You may have noticed in my title that I kind of set it up with uh, Abbott versus DeSantis, uh, the battle of the lesser magistrates. And so in one sense, I was saying, okay, there's a battle between Abbott and DeSantis, which is true. It's not about the Lesser magistrates doctrine, though. They're vying for a position to be the next president of the United States. But that's not really what I want to focus on today. I want to focus on the battle that Abbott and DeSantis are having against the federal government. Because that's what the doctrine of lesser magistrates is all about. How a lesser magistrate, in this case, a governor, has the the battle that a lesser magistrate, in this case the governor, has against a higher magistrate. In this situation, the, it could be the President of the United States, which it is, or Congress, or the Supreme Court. In those situations, there, federalism has collapsed in our country. And so there's a lot of places where the federal government shouldn't be a higher magistrate than the state governor But they are because of what the courts and Congress and the president have done over the last 200 years in violation of our U.S. Constitution. So there's a lot more places for conflict than there used to be under the original founding principles of our nation, which were much more biblical than the principles we operate under today. But nonetheless, it's a situation we're in. It could, you know, the doctrine of lesser magistrates also applies, might apply to a county sheriff versus the governor or the state legislature. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Let me just first of all define to you what the doctrine of lesser magistrates is, and I'm taking this uh, definition from a book by Matthew Truella. It's called the Doctrine of the Lesser Magistrate, and here's how he puts it. The lesser magistrate doctrine declares that when the superior or higher civil authority makes unjust immoral laws or decrees, the lesser or lower ranking civil authority has both a right and a duty to refuse obedience to that superior authority. If necessary, the lesser authorities even have the right and obligation to actively resist the superior authority. Now that's pretty interesting in the Context of current day, we're going, wow, that's pretty radical. But it wasn't radical at all to the people who founded our country. And matter of fact, it's what they believed, and it's what they believed they were doing. They were standing up against a higher magistrate, the king of England, in some ways against Parliament, but but it was they didn't really recognize the authority of Parliament over them, and so their complaint was against the king for not standing up for them in light of Parliament's tyrannical actions. And so they resisted passively, and when that didn't work, they resisted actively. So this doctrine of lesser magistrate, and we call it a doctrine because it's biblically founded, and it's not just something that we made up, it's biblically founded, so this doctrine of the lesser magistrate has a long history in not in american political in the american political realm but also going much back farther than that in into europe all the way really back to the uh, it goes back somewhat farther but certainly back to the protestant uh, reformation and all the fights that they had against the Catholics and the states that were trying to oppress them as they were seeking to recover true doctrine. By the way, I don't know what the sound is like today. Uh, I'm sitting out here in the Texas Hill Country. It's um, We're building a home. Well, we built a home out here, and we're about a week from moving in. So I decided to come out here and do the Liberty Cafe sitting on our back porch. The sun hasn't risen yet, but there's a little bit of light on the horizon over here. I'm looking out and we've got some nice hills out here. So apologize if the sound isn't too great or there's, you can hear cars going by occasionally. I heard a a rooster a little while ago. You probably can't hear it on the microphone. But anyway, that's where we are today. And I'm glad you could join me out here in the Texas Hill Country now that we are, are almost out of Austin, Texas and all the craziness that goes on there. So back to the doctrine of the lesser magistrates. So long held doctrine of the church and long used doctrine in America it's nothing new uh, john calvin for instance also spoke of this this goes back to the you know the 1500s and here's how he put it not defining it but just talking about it If there are now any magistrates of the people appointed to restrain the willfulness of kings, I am so far from forbidding them to withstand, in accordance with their duty, the fierce licentiousness of kings, stumbled on that one, that if they wink at kings who violently fall upon and assault the lowly common folk, I declare that their dissimulation involves nefarious perfidy because they dishonestly betray the freedom of the people, of which they know that they have been appointed protectors by God's ordinance. So this concept of the lesser magistrate clearly states that magistrates, and this is all magistrates, right? All magistrates have a duty to protect their people people from evil. Matter of fact, that's why we have magistrates, to protect God's people, all people that have been created by God, from evil and violence, particularly physical violence, but also uh, fraud and those types of things, although not exactly like we're doing it today. But it's this protection of people, why we have civil government. And then The doctrine of lesser magistrates places these lesser magistrates who are closer to the people in between the people and higher magistrates who are trying to harm them. And they can't weaken them. They have to speak with truth and resist these higher magistrates. There's a lot more we can say about it, but let's get to the current situation, which brings us to Greg Abbott, and DeSantis. So both of these governors have been in the news lately. And I'm going to start with DeSantis just because I have less to say about him than I do about the others, about Abbott. But I, I think it's worth reading some of what he has said because it really kind of, gets to the point of what the doctrine of lesser magistrates is. So both of these governors are fighting against the federal government. Um, in, in, in Texas, and we'll get back to this in a minute, it's more about immigration. In Florida, it's more about, well, it's a lot about education, but it's also about COVID. And, and here is what DeSantis has said, now he's responding to Biden, who said, I say to these governors, please help. If you aren't going to help, at least get out of the way. So here we have a tyrant, the president of the United States, who is trying to force onto people, mask mandates, lockdowns, shutting down businesses, the same thing, unfortunately, most of our governors have done to us in the past, so it's not like they're just innocent in all this, but at least these governors, not all of them, but but DeSantis, Abbott, and and a few others are saying, no more, we're not going Mm -hmm. to do this anymore. And Biden says, "Look, just get out of my way. I want to do this to your people. And in which challenges directly this doctrine of lesser magistrates. Biden says, I want to be a tyrant. Get out of my way. And DeSantis says, Joe Biden suggests that if you don't do lockdown policies, you should get out of the way. Let me tell you this. If you're coming after the rights of parents in Florida I'm standing in your way. If you're trying to deny kids a proper in-person education, I'm going to stand in your way. If you're trying to lock people down, I'm standing in your way. Now, I don't know if DeSantis knows anything about the doctrine of lesser magistrates, but he has perfectly stated what it's all about right there. He is going to stand in the way of tyrants to keep them from harming his constituents. And that's what lesser magistrates are supposed to do. Now, let's get back to this from a biblical perspective for a minute and look at Romans 13. Now, a lot of people, unfortunately, a lot of people in the church as well, use Romans 13 as Romans 13, as an excuse to just do whatever the government tells you to do. But that's not what Romans 13 is really about. It does say, let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and those that exist have been instituted by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authorities resists what God has appointed, and those who resist will incur judgment. So there's some pretty clear direction that we need to submit to authorities. And and nobody's questioning that. But it's not a blanket statement based on what follows in Romans 13 and what follows or precedes and follows in all of the Bible. And that's one of the great principles of understanding or exegeting what's in the Bible is you can't take one or two, or in this case, one or two, in this case, verses, and use them to overrule everything else is in the Bible. You need to understand those two verses from everything else that is in the Bible. And so let's just move on to verse 3. We don't have to go very far. For rulers are not a terror to good conduct, too, but to bad. In verse 4 it says, the ruler, the magistrate, is God's servant for your good. Then it says, but if you do wrong, be afraid. But what happens if rulers are being a terror to good conduct? What happens if a magistrate is not being God's servant for your good? What if you're not doing wrong, but the magistrate is? What do you do then? Well that's pretty tough you know to to think through and of course part of that depends on you know who's doing good and who's doing bad and there's a lot of discussion about what is good and what is bad and what the restrictions are on rulers and what or not but let me just give you this one phrase from the bible that kind of encapsulates that which is Matthew 22 verse 21 this is from the parable or the story where uh, the Pharisees have come to try and trap Jesus by getting him to say either you should pay taxes and thus get all the Jews mad or you should not pay taxes and then get the Romans mad. And so he asked him for a denarius and they show him that denarius and he asks him whose likeness and inscription is, is this. And they said, Caesars. And then he said to them, therefore, render to Caesar the things that are Caesars and to God the things that are God's. And that, that is, I mean, there's a lot more in scripture that we can talk about the roles and responsibilities of government, but that encapsulates it all in one place. It tells us that there are things that belong to the government. There's a sphere that the government has to manage And then there's a sphere that belongs to God. Of course, everything belongs to God, but God has other means of government, family government, church government, and personal government that are outside the sphere of civil government, and he handles those things through that. And so there are places where the civil government just shouldn't be acting. And so that's what we see here to help us understand the the extent to which government should be acting. And in this case, you take that, you take the U.S. Constitution, you take the concept of federalism, and there's just no place in any of that where the President of the United States has the ability to tell schools in Florida, or parents in Florida, how they should deal with education, how they should deal with COVID, anything else like that. It's just not there. And so DeSantis is standing up and saying, you can't do that. Now, of course, the interesting thing is that DeSantis really hasn't done anything, at least that I'm aware of, where he he has said, no, I'm stopping you from doing this specific thing. Now, that gets us over to Texas, where actually Greg Abbott has done some specific things. And so this is where I think it gets really interesting is that Abbott has done at least two things, right? That that says that federal government we're going to take charge of this. And, and of course this isn't about COVID now, we're talking about immigration. And and he's done two things. The first thing he did, well I'm not sure of these are in order, but one thing he did was he ordered state troopers to pull over vehicles with migrants saying that this will stem the COVID risk. If you know anything about this issue at all, it's that while the federal government and CDC and everybody, the media and everybody else have been telling us what a terrible, awful thing COVID-19 is. And of course some bad things have happened. People have died, but how awful this pandemic is and it's ruining America And we ought to, you know, wear masks and social distance and stay at home and close the schools, whatever they've been telling us in the past and in the present. At the same time, they're letting in tens of thousands of immigrants who have COVID-19, at least according to the reports out there. And, you know, we don't know how many, but they're letting them in. They don't care if they have it. And, And so one thing that does is tells us, well, just how bad is this pandemic? Maybe. The things they're telling us to do aren't about a pandemic. Maybe it's about power, control, those kinds of things. That being aside, all these people are coming in. So Abbott says you can't transport private citizens, private vehicles, can't transport immigrants away from the border. And if they do, DPS troopers have the right to pull them over and either make them go back to the origin point, the border, Or seize the vehicles. Well, the federal government said you can't do that, and then the federal court has agreed with that. And we'll get back to this in a minute. The second thing that Abbott did was order, or another thing that Abbott did, is order immigrants trespassing on private land to be arrested for trespassing. And almost all illegal immigrants do this because they come across the border, not at a official checkpoint where they would be able to come over on roads, but they, they swim or boat across the Rio Grande. And then they're on, in most cases, they're on private land. And so they come across, they're on private land, they get caught by DPS or other local officials instead of the federal uh, border Patrol, and they get arrested, and so for for violation of of a state law. So those are the two things that that the Abbott has done, to his credit, to try and deal with this. So let's get back again to what he said about transportation. So private vehicles can't transport. The federal government said you can't do it, and then a U.S. court said you you can't do this well here's what happened with all that he said he was going to do this then the federal government said he couldn't do it the court said he couldn't do it and what did he do to this he could have said we don't care what you're doing federal government. We don't care what you say federal court. We're going to continue to carry out this executive order and we're not going to let these private vehicles come across or come through the state and I'm going to continue to tell the DPS to do this and order DPS to do this. Well, that's not what Abbott said, unfortunately. Instead of putting into action what DeSantis said he was going to do to stand between tyranny and his constituents, Abbott blinked, basically. His office said, the court's recent order is temporary and based on limited evidence. We look forward to providing the court with evidence to support the governor's executive order to protect Texans. Uh, The governor added a tweet on this. He said, the Biden administration failed to secure the border. Now they're blocking us from protecting Texans from COVID-positive immigrants. We look forward to presenting our case in court, keeping Texans safe and holding Biden accountable. Well, rather than stand up for Texans, Abbott, and fighting against the tyrant at the top of the chain, Abbott just submitted and going back to court. Rather than standing between Texans and the federal government, He just submitted to the federal government and is going to give them a bunch more information, hoping that they do something. So in this instance, Abbott failed to carry out his duty as a lesser magistrate to stop the federal government from doing what they were doing, which is to bring tens of thousands of illegal immigrants into the United States. It's not like they're just letting them across. They're bringing them in. Because we saw under Trump that you could actually stop this, but they are not doing that. And so they are actively harming people in Texas by bringing infected illegal immigrants. You could say they're actively harming just by bringing illegal immigrants across, but let's just go with the COVID thing here. And Abbott had a chance to stand up and say, no, we're not going to let you do that. I'm going to continue to enforce our laws in the state of Texas. But he didn't do that. Now, here's the the interesting thing about arresting migrants who have trespassed. So the the people who have been arrested in those situations now are coming up to the point where they have served their time. And it's not very long. It's a misdemeanor. So I think it's like 15 days. Uh, Yeah, it's 15 days, this first batch. And now they're ready to be released. And the question is, well, is the federal government going to take them and export them, send them back across the border? Or or are they just gonna release them out into the general population again? And so here's a choice for Abbott. Is he going to just again submit to the federal government? And if these people are not deported, just let them go back into the general population in Texas? Or is he just going to take them and have DPS or somebody else take them back across the border? There's no reason they shouldn't be able to. Uh, Whether it's drive through the U.S. checkpoint and drop them off in front of the Mexican checkpoints and just say, here you go. Or take them back across the river, perhaps, and, and into an area where... It's they have access to uh, population and shelter and and those types of things, not just into the middle of the Mexican desert, but to do something other than just let the status quo take hold. Is that going to do that? Because that would be a big challenge to the federal government and saying we're going to deport these people ourselves. But if the federal government won't do it. Maybe Texas should. So at this point, DeSantis has said the right things, but hasn't really done anything, really in part because there hasn't been anything for him to do. On the other hand, Abbott has sounded pretty good and has actually done some things that are good, but when push comes to shove, he is folded. He has not been willing to stand between federal tyranny, and Texans. So the question is, where do we go from here? And the answer is, we don't really know what's going to happen. This world is in a big mess. Not that it hasn't been in a big mess for a long time. Ever since Adam and Eve disobeyed God and we all fell into sin, the world has been a mess. And... Even though Jesus Christ has come and died for our sins, the world is still in a mess. It's getting better. It may not look like it, but it is because there are now not just a few people, but millions, perhaps even billions, you know, or not billions, but you know, hundreds of millions, billion, I don't know, people who have been saved by the grace of God. And if you don't think that's not having an effect on the world, you, I think you're wrong. It, it is. But that doesn't mean that it's all linear and things are just getting better perfectly all the time. They're not. We're going to have our ups and downs, and right now is a down period. And so what is God going to do in this time? And what are we as a church going to do as, at this time? Or And what are just we as the American people, even those who are not saved, going to do? Are we going to stand up to tyranny, or are we going to submit to it? We don't know the answer to that, but... The kind of issues that we've talked about today are what we're all going to have to grapple with, and we may have to grapple with them a lot more in the not-so-distant future as we go forward. So thank you very much for listening in to this discussion of lesser magistrates and how we might apply that to the world today. You know, we don't spend as much time thinking about the Bible and applying it not just to our personal piety, but to the world around us today as we should. So I hope this helps all of us do that a little bit better. Well, the sun is not up yet, but we've got a nice yellow glow over the hills to the east of our house today here in the Texas Hill Country and some red over there. It's really beautiful. So I'm glad that you could join me today on the Liberty Cafe. And thanks once again to our sponsors, Texas Scorecard. Thank you for listening to the Liberty Cafe with Bill Peacock. This show is produced by Texas Scorecard. You can learn more about this show and find other shows at texasscorecard.com. Be sure you subscribe and rate the show on whatever platform you listen on. See you next time.